Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio, uh, Evolving Soul with Pat Longo. Tonight, we are going to have a wonderful, amazing young man, uh, Jacob Cooper, who's going to be talking about his near-death experience. Uh, Jacob has been in touch with spirit since a young age. Jacob was a near death, had a near-death experience and was a survivor at the age of five. From this, Jacob has always been open and in touch with the spirit realm. He is inspired to spread his experience and message to others to bring lightness towards death and help others re-remember their own spiritual truths. Jacob has been a serious seeker of metaphysics since a young age. He has practiced and studied yoga and meditation for many years and has had many life-altering experiences through this. Jacob is a Reiki master teacher. He has also had training in his own intuitive development and continues to open his abilities. He is a certified hypnotherapist. Jacob is is an established guest presenter, and he is currently uh, running mindfulness and hypnotherapy workshops and classes at Adelphi University and other collegiate programs in the tri-state area. Jacob is also a published writer for metaphysical and spiritual blogs, newsletters, and magazines. He is also in the process of writing his own book, entailing his own near-death experiences, among many other themes. When he is not at the podium providing spiritual healing or working on his writings, Jacob provides services as a licensed master social worker and is employed as a mental health counselor. I'd love everybody to welcome him now because here he comes. Hi, Jake. Hi, you Pat. There? Yes, I am Hi. I'm here. Thank you. There's a what lot to talk about. When when I give your bio, uh, you've done so much in such a young age, and it doesn't say anything about your age, but your picture should tell people that you're uh, quite young, <laughs> but very experienced. <laughs> so, you know, the whole thing fascinates me. I watched um, some videos that you had had out uh, on near-death experience and, and a, a television interview that you had, and uh, I couldn't get enough of what happened and you know you don't have a lot of time to talk about it on these little shows so I'm going to give you as much as I can uh, to tell us what happened uh, to you when you were five years old so I'm going to give you the floor I might jump in every once in a while and ask you a question but I do want you to just you know take it from there thank you so much uh, Pat for having me on the show Uh, you're obviously someone who I've looked up to you for so many years, and it's it's a real honor to be, uh, you know, on your show and, and you know talking here today about my story. It's it's a, you know, wonderful dream come true. Um, you know, I started presenting about a year ago at the Eyes of Learning in Levittown. Uh, you know, a, you know, a very close metaphysical center. You know, that's one of the oldest in Long Island, and you know, it's ironic that uh, my near-death experience occurred about 20 years before that in the same town of Levittown. So it's quite uh, <laughs> it's quite surreal how, you know, that works. You know, Levittown's a special place to my heart. Um, it's where I began my, you know, telling the story and where the story began. But as I learned from my NDE, um, our stories 
have no beginnings or no ends, you know. When you cross over on the other side, there is no time. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate to be living in an age uh, where so many others have had NDEs, and that gave me a diagnosis of what I had. I mean, authors like Betty Eighty, who wrote Embraced by the Light, and Dr. Mm-hmm. Eben Alexander, who I will be joined and accompanied at the International Association for Near-Death Studies Convention uh, in Westminster, Colorado, this August uh, as a speaker. But I'm very Excellent. thankful for all the pioneering individuals who gave the diagnosis of ND because I had no idea what to term what I had. I had about 20 years to live with it, and I didn't know what it was. I thought everyone kind of had it, much like psychics opening and uh, stuff like that when they're younger. It's, you know, once you kind of recognize that, hey, you know, what you had was kind of cool and unique, and many people could really benefit from from it. Would, you know, that's when I saw that, hey, it's not about me, and uh, this is something to share. Um, you know, just briefly before I get into it, my own NDE, you know, happened, you know, because I I had... Well, sharing of it, I'm sorry, happened because I had a mentor of mine uh, who's you know, very big in the metaphysical industry, and he said to me, you know, you have a story. You have something to share, and many people will love it and really benefit from it. And I, I didn't think much of it. I thought it was kind of cool, but, uh, you, know, I, I didn't, you know, I think when you live with yourself, you think you're kind of boring, but other people always <laughs> look at you differently than what you have. Uh, so... I began opening at the Eyes of Learning um, last year, last April, at the Spring Festival, uh, you know, right after Montgomery Tan- Taylor and people like Daniel Ackner when they were speaking. And uh, mm-hmm. I was fascinated. It was a packed house. I was nervous as anything, and I opened up, and I had people coming in with tears in their eyes and smiles on their faces. And they're saying, wow, your story really touched my heart, and it really resonated. Where's your book? I go, geez, book? I just began speaking. So, yeah, the point is, for anyone who's had an NDE, <laughs> or any powerful OBE or any powerful spiritual experience. Um, you know, it's it's not about you, and people could really benefit from, from it. It's almost like an artist who gets a great inspiration, and, you know, your artwork is what you draw within the own paintbrush in your own hand, and that's what life is about. It's not necessarily what happens to you, but rather what you cultivate, what you sculpt, and, how, you know, how you share it to others, and that's really... Um, you know, the purpose, one of the purposes of life. But, uh, you know, anywho, I was five years old at the time. I didn't know it. I had something that was called whipping cough, which, you know, has since been vaccinated. But this was in around, you know, the mid-90s, the mid-90s when I had it. And I was going to a park out in Levittown like any other day. Um, I was running out of my car. I was with my godmother and uh, her husband, and my brother was accompanied by me, and their daughters were there. And, you know, just like yesterday, I tell the story. I was running out of the car, and all of a sudden, I, you know, in the corner of my eye in the car, right, I felt, you know, like a very uh, fast-paced vortex-like energy. And uh, when you're about to cross over, you know, you recognize, you know, in the back of your mind what crossing over feels like because we lived many lives and we've died many deaths. So the soul recognizes, much like an animal when it hides in the corner, when one of your exit point may be. And at that time, that vortex, that spinning sensation, I, I knew you know, clearly that it was going to happen. It was almost like a deja vu-like sensation where I know that this was one of my exit points in my, my, in my chart. Uh, but uh, I was flabbergasted at five years old how it could go so quickly. But uh, I have what's called planetary aspects in the moon of Aries, which is a sign of, you know, uh, do first and then think later. Um, so for me, I was just steadfast on 
going to the park and going on the slide and having a good time, and I ignored all conventional wisdom, whatever it told me at that second, at that moment. And I just wanted to have a good time, and I want to enjoy my sporty Aries moonside. So I went on the slide, and all of a sudden I tried to breathe in a breath of air, and all of a sudden I couldn't do it. I suffocated, and my body was shutting down. And, and then again, I was on top of the slide, and I tried again to, to breathe in air, and then literally nothing happened. And that's the scariest sensation that you could possibly have because the breath, breath of air is something that we don't even think about. We don't even contemplate. It's, it's automatic. Um, you know. So to be in that position when you don't have control and uh, you're losing control of your breath and you're suffocating, um, we're, we're neurologically proven to be connected. And when you're suffering, you're taken to an isolated state where you're alone and you know, no one's. You feel like no one's around you. So I thought at the time <laughs> um, that no one was around me. Um, you know, that's one of the human illusions that I kind of uh, it was was quickly answered a couple seconds later. But anywho, as I'm suffocating, you know, if you go into a power breaker in a house and you go to the basement, you shut off one power unit at a time. That's exactly what was occurring within my body. It was just shutting down, and then. The last part of my body that I was in was actually my brain, and I was five years old at the time, um, and I was suffocating, and every part of my body was shutting down, but I was able to look at, you know, kind of like a third-person viewpoint, uh, and I was able to look down on my brain, and at five years old, I understood every single every single part of my brain and what it did and what it was for. Uh, it was fascinating, and at the time, I kind of laughed that we have people who try to study the brain with the brain. It's almost as like you're trying to understand with your hand with your hand. And they say that uh, human intelligence is only used about 15%, and we don't use that 85 And that was ever more prevalent at five years old. I was able to look at my brain and fully understand every, every, every single component and functionality of it at five years old. Uh, you know, but as I'm looking down on my brain, you know, my body begins to shut down, and all of a sudden, you know, I began to recognize that vortex-like sensation that I saw going into the park, and then it just was spinning faster and faster. And slowly, I began to experience a great vista of darkness, um, and it was incredibly dark. And that vortex-like sensation that was spinning around and around took me in to this dark tunnel at some insane speed. It's almost as if you go into Six Flags and go on one of those roller coaster rides, and they just take you a thousand miles an hour. But that journey was the journey within and you know his journey into the soul in yourself which is um connected to all that ever is and all that ever was um so it's not limited uh, by your own individuality and your own brain and your own self and uh as i'm going at some insane speed slowly i you know enter the light at the end of the tunnel and i go up you know you know, when you cross over, what happens is you, you, you enter the light, yes, but you also vibrate about a 1,000 miles an hour, upwards, upwards, upwards. And then slowly in the back of my right head, I could look, and I saw what was I was understood as almost as if it was God or goddess's palace. It was like a heavenly kingdom. It was like a gold-like palace in the back of my head. And I tried to look at it with my mind's eye, but it was just so beautiful and so potent that I was just kind of shy way to look at um my astrological sign has been a taurus and that's an earth sign so we like to be grounded and when you're um tuning into such powerful spiritual forces at hand it becomes overwhelming and then all of a sudden uh that that palace you know went away and then all of a sudden 
almost as if you look at a at a field in a movie and you see it's like about to rain and the colors are changing all over the place. I was able to constantly hear a whisper that's that said Christ or Christos, and for me that was uh, you know Jesus's name was kind of whispering around the palaces of heaven and. It was fascinating because I grew up Orthodox Jewish, and that was, you know, not something that we necessarily idolized or incorporated. But to me, you know, Christ was almost as if this father-like energy on the other side and this great protective, um, you know, voice that was there. It was a very strong presence on the other side. You know, I didn't necessarily see Jesus, but I kept on hearing the name, and uh, it was quite potent, quite powerful. Um, As I'm looking down back on my body, all of a sudden I'm drawn back to the slide, uh, I was able to go down the slide, and to my right side and to my left side of me were my two spiritual guides. They were a male and female entity, and they were the most beautiful beings I've ever seen. I was just fascinated. And as I looked at them instantaneously, I knew exactly who they were, you know, why they were with me. And I, you know, I think when you're vibrating and you're going and you're crossing over on the other side, one thing that's prevalent is laughter because. Uh, when you when you're enlightened, you recognize how much you kind of miss on the earth plane and how much you forget um, when you're alive. And it's and it's and it's and it's so funny how much that you know there is over there that you just forget. And you know, and I was only five years old and I forgot all this stuff. And I said, "Wow, you guys were with me the whole time. I forgot. I can't believe I I forgot about this. Oh my gosh!" And it just floored me how I could possibly forget it. And, you know, time just felt like one second where I was just, you know, back there a second ago, and then I was here on the earth plane for a couple of years. So time does not exist over there. It's like running on a treadmill and thinking that you're going forward, but you're not. It's, you know, there is no time that, you know, linear time that we have over here. But anywho, as as, as I'm, you know, falling down on the ground on the slide and I see all the people around me uh, who took me to the park that day out in Levittown, I looked at their energy fields, and all of a sudden, you know, there was a man who actually ended up saving my life. He took me to the hospital at Winthrop Hospital, you know, a couple of moments later. But I looked at him, and I could see a beautiful, amazing aura around him. And I was able to see his, you know, spiritual guides around him. And it was fascinating because this was someone that I thought was kind of like an earthly man. And here he had this wonderful, majestic spiritual, you know, spiritual forces around him. And I was able to look at you know, his past and why he was here and, you know, uh, what he was about. And then I looked into my brother's energy and I saw that he was going to go into the medical industry. And sure enough, he's going to become a podiatrist. Um, So all this is very powerful. And, you know, all the people are looking down kind of concerned and they thought I was dead. And then all of a sudden I look up and I see about hundreds of pounds, thousands of angels uh, going up and down. And these angels were kind of like if you go into, you know, any church or you look at any of the, uh, you know, art back in the day when they when they draw kind of cherubim or childlike angels. That's really the realm that I was tapping into, and they were just all over the place, and they were in a brown gold-like color, and they were just floating ever so peacefully right in front of my eyes, almost like a bubble-like sensation, just floating up and down very peacefully, not even looking at me almost, but just there and just themselves, and it was fascinating and. I can understand what why people, when they talk about being a healer or they talk about being an earth angel, what they're really talking about. You know, angels are selfless beings who watch over us and they just send, send, send. You know, that's all they're basically about with no recognition, no ego, no mm-hmm. books, no this, no that. You know, they're just here to 
uh, sent. And then all of a sudden I was able to look at my soul family who, you know, then was around me at that time. And instantaneously I knew every single one of them. You know, to me, soul family is the closest thing that you have, you know, towards yourself and along with your spiritual guides. It's kind of like a ray of God. It's people who uh, carnate and reincarnate with a familiar style or um, familiar life path to you in many ways. And, you know, you kind of have similar thought presses and thinking, and it was fascinating to see them. And when you cross over on the other side, it becomes a little bit enmeshed in a way. If you ever see the movie Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and you look at, uh, you know, the grandparents in the bed, it kind of feels like that when you cross over because you're with them, and they're, you know, a part of you. It's like, you know, the the ray of God that you're with. And uh, my soul family asked me, you know, what are you going to do? I go, and then all of a sudden my angels are with me, and I could see the archangels in the background, and I go, well, what do you mean, what am I going to do? And then they asked, well, are you going to stay or go? Um, and that was the hardest question I've ever faced in my life till this day. Am I going to turn down the kingdom of heaven on the other side, or am I going to stay within this lifetime? You know, I felt like such a coward mm-hmm. in a way. Here I am at five years old, and I saw, you know, within this lifetime I charted, like, big plans, and I said I would do all these things, and stuff like that and here I am crutch you know crutching onto my mother's leg refusing to almost go to preschool you know so I'm like wow yeah. I kind of felt like a coward coming back you know it's almost like a kid getting being sent home from sleepaway camp in the first week I go geez I got I got more to do and then, well I said what what's going to happen and then all of a sudden you know on the other side what you learn is everything is kind of quick pictured you know it's very kind of visual and they were showing me pictures of what I would do in this lifetime and then all of a sudden I saw a picture where I was talking about the subject matter of hand and I saw a nice crowd around me and I said wow this is wonderful and it wasn't like you know I was speaking in front of the crowd and I was some big guru or guru or anything like that no the energy and message at hand wasn't mine it was collective it was one unit of energy and I saw that it was uplifted from the message not from myself I'm just a conduit and I said you know what the other side is wonderful the underside is majestic uh, but ultimately, I can't ever turn down this message. This message is more than anything that I stand for. And I'm going to commit a life, you know, to really clarifying what happens when we die and really commit a life towards really opening people up to greater forces at hand that they may not see in their everyday lives. You know, I was five years old and I forgot about this. Just imagine what it's like to live, you know, 20 or 50 years and not remember this. You know, it really could allow people's lives to be that much richer, that much wholer. And with that thought, you know, the fact that I said that I stayed, you know, I was able to see a couple of different lifetimes that I've lived and that were prevalent to this one and a couple of different students that I've had in, in different lifetimes, which hopefully, you know, down the road in the show I could talk about because that's very prevalent to uh, why I think I had an NDE and I was able to, to, to tune to my lifetime in Atlantis and stuff like that. But all of a sudden with that thought, uh, everyone disappeared and, uh, I was just, that was the hardest moment of my life. It's almost as if you're in that incubation period where you're supported and you're surrounded, then you feel like the rug is pulled, but it's really not there around you, but you know, you have life to do. And then I just asked that one last question, how do I know that this is going to happen? And my guide says, watch your thoughts because your thoughts become your realities and they're very much a part of your roadmap in this lifetime. So if you will it, it will come. Just trust the process. And with that thought, boom, I was, my eyes woke up. I was uh, in Winthrop Hospital, my mother was sobbing, crying, and she thought I was dead, and here I was, and I was okay, and um, I expected, looking back on it, to have Jonah Melissa Rivers interview me on the red carpet, but that wasn't there. I was just kind of a regular patient who happened to cross over and see X amount, but uh, I was just treated like 
any other number in Winthrop Hospital. But, you know, I had my whole life to live after that, and it was never the same. It was a life that was much richer and much fuller and uh, something that I'm very thankful for amongst the trauma that happens, you know, when you suffocate, when your body shuts down. absolutely amazing story. Now, uh, Jake, how old are you, if you don't mind my asking? Oh, I'm I'm 27, so that was about 22 years ago. Okay. I turned 27 okay. about, about two years ago. But, uh, you know, like, okay. like you believe, I, I believe that I'm a lot older than 27, and my uh, Akashic records told me that, and I think we all are older than... That's where I was going a lot with it, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to ask time. you a quick question. Um, when you... When you uh, had the, the NDE and it was right after it happened and you started to go through your tunnel and everything and you, you recognized um, from that side, did you recognize how old you were? I mean, as far as you weren't that five-year-old, that you were an adult soul, mm-hmm. is that something that you felt? Uh, yes, for the most part. Um you know, when I once I was in that, uh, once I was crossed over, yes, that's what I saw. When I would think about my life, I would see the five-year-old, and I would see, you know, the pain that would happen to my parents, and you know how early mm-hmm. it was to leave, and how cowardly I almost felt with all my big plans and my chart and my takeoff period with my guides before I came to mm-hmm. this uh, life. But uh, when I crossed over, I was not that five-year-old. Um, to me, what I what I understand is that uh, the body and soul take a bit of time to be in harmony, or the vehicle and the soul take a bit of time to be in harmony. You know, so you know, I think that's why we say we hit our stride, you know, mid midlife, because you know the soul is ageless and the body is kind of new. So for us to eloquently express ourselves and uh, verbalize and stuff like that, we you know we're a little bit autistic early on, and then eventually we begin to you know, understand how to express ourselves, and uh, we make sense out of uh, the two dynamics, and it's a lot more in parallel. But you know, that takes practice too to you know to have a mind-body mm-hmm. soul connection. But uh, you know, I think when you're a kid, you're a lot more spiritual than you are almost human. You're very much more over there. That's why so many kids are diagnosed with ADD and Asperger's and autism. You know, because they're very much uh, right brain oriented, and you know. They don't know how to make sense of the energies that they're kind of attuned with. So, you know, it mm-hmm. takes a bit of time, much like a fish being put in a in water. You kind of have to put it in a bag, and then eventually you put it in the water. You know, the same thing with getting used to the body. Um, you know, there's a lot of cellular memories within every body that you're with, and it's just getting tuned to it. But I, I, to answer your question, I was not a five-year-old when I crossed over. I was a soul, and, you know, that was okay. probably an older one. You know, I've lived a lot of lives and had a lot of trials and tribulations and uh but that was my soul that I was really connecting to not my biological age. Can you tell us a little bit about the lives you lived? Is there anything you can sure. share? Um you know I always kind of contemplate I go why why me? Why did I have an NDE out of all the, you know, thousands of people who, you know, who are out there why me? You know, it's like you feel very alone and victimized in a way but also thankful. You know, and to me, when I was on the other side, um, what I saw was my most prevalent lifetime, which is my last lifetime, and that's a lifetime where I was seeing a lot of students coming my way, but it was also a lifetime where I had something what's called the great hubris, where I had uh, a lot of success, 
But I, you know, I kind of let it all go, and and maybe it got to my head. I'm not sure, but I had a big downward spiral, and it all just came crashing down. And I was a teacher of many kids, and I was important to a lot. But I think a lot of what I did almost got to my head in a way, and I I hit rock bottom, and I couldn't see past what I was going through. And literally, I checked my own life, and plenty of intuitives who have read for me have picked up on you know my suicide, and uh, you know. I always wonder why God or goddess kind of works with the allegory of the light at the end of the tunnel. Why a light? Um, why a tunnel? And for me, that's to understand that, you know, part of being a spiritual being is to understand that what you see today could always change. You know, it's about having faith, which is walking in darkness, in the you know valley of darkness, and believing the light. And, you know, not necessarily having all the answers, but having all the trust in the process and trust within the spiritual forces that protect you and surround you. And for me, that was my karma. I'm here to really teach that, yes, you may be going through a difficult time, and I kind of devote my life to that as a you know, social worker and hypnotherapist and Reiki master. And, you know, my biggest, you know, that's my greatest joy is to help people evolve and understand that, you know, life, the only constant factor in life is change. And that's, you know, biologically proven to happen every seven and a half years. So, I think believing in change and seeing, the, you know, that light at the end of the tunnel really helps because within that lifetime, I was able to see what could have happened, and I saw that it would have turned around. It would have been okay, as it always is. You know, so that light is within, and with whatever darkness that we may have on the earth plane, it's always within ourselves, and no one could take that from us. No, no, kind of no one can. I have kind of met a, a few yeah. people along my years that have had near-death experiences, and um, I haven't met anybody that had one quite as young as you. Uh, one gentleman was in the service in Vietnam uh, when it happened, and, uh, you know, they were walking along, and I guess somebody stepped on a mine, and uh, he woke up actually in a body bag uh, seeing a little light, which happened to be where the zipper was and I think he scared the bejesus out of the person on the other side of the bag when he opened it. But uh, he also had very interesting stories to tell and haven't seen him in many, many, many years. But he did come back into this life extremely intuitive, mm. um, into physical life, uh, seeing spirit everywhere. It actually made him extremely anxious. Uh, he had to have his wife as a safety everywhere he went because he couldn't go into a food store without mm-hmm. seeing everyone's loved ones attached to them. Um, but he learned a lot on the other side. And so yeah, it just absolutely. it's very impressive to me to hear what people learn. Um, I read uh, the book To Heaven and Back, and, and I also did read uh, Eben Alexander's book as well, uh, but I had read To Heaven and Back, which um, I don't know if you've read it, but uh, she also had a similar experience. But each one of you seemed to have a different kind. You know, they're all different as described. Uh, When uh, Edmund Alexander, when I read his book, it it seemed so heavy, so heavy to get through. You know, so much murkiness and, and, you know, it wasn't as swift as, as yours. And yet others, uh, I, I met a woman, and I don't even think she realizes that it was uh, a near-death experience. Maybe it was an out-of-body. I'm not even sure because she had uh, a medical procedure done that went wrong. And she 
was not, she couldn't focus or speak for many, many, many months after it. She couldn't walk. Everything went wrong in her system. But when I finally met up with her, she whispered to me. She leaned over and she whispered. And she said to me that she saw beings. And she said, neither man nor woman. And she said it so quiet, like the whole world was listening and she didn't want anybody to hear. And she explained to me that she saw these beings reaching down and correcting things on the earth, mistakes that we were making, uh, stopping uh, maybe certain earthquakes or certain things from happening. And, and some, somewhat like what you said at the end, and that's what made me think about this when you were telling your story about when you came back into your five-year-old body, she said to them, she, she said to me that she was being shown the evolution of man uh, from back in prehistoric times all the way through the computer age, very rapidly, very rapidly. And then they told her that in like two minutes and 43 seconds on the digital clock, she would be back. She would be back on that earth plane. And she said she wow. watched it count down, and then she opened her eyes, and she was there. And she didn't tell anybody about it. Um, it was a, a year and a half before she told me, and her daughter was sitting right next to her, and she never even told her. Uh, but she was not at all uh, someone that was open spiritually or knew anything about the metaphysical world. Uh, so I find it absolutely fascinating every time I hear a new story. And, um, again, yours being so young is even more so. That's why I asked you about being the adult soul. Uh, yeah. When I put people under hypnosis and go back into past lifetimes, I find that uh, it's very different when they cross over uh, the experiences that they have, and they all seem to be adult souls no matter what age they are. So I've taught that based on what I've experienced with other people, but it's nice to hear it uh, from you or to have it confirmed. Now, I would Conf- like to know, yeah. go ahead. No, confirmation, you know, is always uplifting, and it really you know, allows us to be more within alignment with their own truths. It's very comforting. So, yes, absolutely. Well, the, the um, Mary C. Neal, who, who wrote To Heaven and Back, uh, everything she learned on the other side happens to be everything that I teach in my class. So reading mm. that book validation for me because I haven't had a near-death experience and I don't hope to have one anytime soon. Uh, But it's for people, again, like yourself, who are out there to teach and spread this knowledge and um, let people know what the other side is all about from a different perspective. Now, what have you learned from that experience? What have you learned from what you went through? Well, absolutely. Terrific question. Uh, the first thing that I learned, you know, from being on the other side is, in being on the earth plane, is that we set up limitations for how good we can feel or how high we can go. You know, part of what happened when I, when I, when I was on the other side was I, I was, at, you know, vibrating about 1,000 miles an hour. And once you cross over, there's no stop to how good you could feel or how high you can experience. I think we set up, you know, with our own minds a thin the earth plane, we, we say, okay, we're going to go to a restaurant and we're going to feel such and such a way, and that's our kind of high. So I think what's helped me, and I think if you look at the epidemic of, you know, what people are kind of looking to get high, you know, in terms of substance use or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, different vehicles, we all had that same innate, you know, 
desire to feel good or um you know to to uh you know to 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 be in that good place and i understand what i understand is you know incorporating spirituality is the ultimate high and learning how to work your energy and learning how to you know really increase your vibrational frequencies allows you to experience you know what other people are looking through without ramifications and with you know purity and uh sincerity and and real and you know you know really connecting to something that's real and authentic um you know the, the other thing that i really learned is you know the the aspect of the brain i mean you know once my brain shut down that's when i crossed over and uh you know from a lifetime that i lived in atlantis i understood um in, in the bermuda triangle i understood you know how it kind of was destroyed in the sense that you know you know people you know from my understanding of the technology uh, with God is indestructible, and technology without, uh, you know, the understanding of God is destructive. So many technology or the advancements of our own, you know, brains, uh, you know, allows us to make great societal advancements. But if we don't understand where it all comes from, you know, that's when we get very isolative when we try to out-God God with our own infrastructure, innovations and buildings, and it becomes like the Tower of Babel almost. So, you know, the important part is the brain. I understand, you know, its role within this lifetime, and it's really an intermediary between the two worlds. And the more balanced brains that we have, uh, the more brains are really balanced between the two realms, the more in alignment that we are within truth. Uh, the more left brain that we are, you know, the more kind of isolative we are. So for me, that was fascinating. And I really devoted a lifetime to really understand, you know, how to really manage uh, the brain and, you know, really have a strong brain education and understand its ways, its different states, and uh, that's what I really committed, you know, a lot of my last years to, and really fully, uh, you know, engrossing myself in meditation and understanding different meditations to help people really maximize their ultimate tool, which is their brain, which is the ultimate, uh, you know, in-between between the two worlds. So that, to me, was another fascinating aspect, and also the fact that, you know, as Michael Jackson says, we, you are not alone, I am here with you, and I think we have kind of like an illusion that we're alone and when we get into any kind of, you know, mental health disorder, depression, anxiety, it's all the same. It's all kind of very boxed in and it's all kind of self uh egocentric type thoughts and uh you know, kind of in your in your own box. So I think when you open up you begin to understand that you you're not what you think you are. You're a lot more and you're a lot more expansive and there's a lot more uh you know, parts at hand if you kind of open your eye. That that, uh, that 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 are there. So, I think a lot of it is taking a lot of illusionary uh, baggage that happens within our own human side, and really being a hybrid kind of fused being with incorporating, you know, the spiritual side as well. Well, I I also see that you're a mental health counselor. Do you tie all this in somehow? I obviously spirituality is involved in it because you can't help but be anything but spiritual. Uh, how do, how do, what do you do exactly with your uh, yeah, clients? You know, I, I, you know, to be honest, you know, when you when you work as a, as a social worker, you have a board of licensure to kind of abide by. So you know, it's for me to be talking about this stuff, you're a little bit handcuffed. And quite honestly, a lot of mm-hmm. the clientele, you know, they don't come for that. They come for the ground up kind of stuff. You know, they're they're depressed, they're anxious, or this or that. But I can incorporate tidbits, and with my own private understanding, I really, you know, I'm able to kind of tune into people. Um, I was inspired at a young age, you know, 
by reading, you know, a clinical intuitive psychiatrist by the name of uh, Dr. Judith Orloff. Um, she was mm-hmm. you know, um, an intuitive psychiatrist in California. She's still around. She does a lot of work on empaths and stuff like that. So I was mm-hmm. you know, fascinated when I read her book, Emotional Freedom and stuff like that at a young age. And for me, you know, that's when I kind of use you know, a bit of my gifts where, you know, people tell you things at face value, but you use your own clinical intuition, which is a great uh, tool to use as a uh, clinician because people tell you one thing, but you kind of have to look a little bit past uh, face value, what they're kind of saying, and then kind of tune in, maybe ask, you know, a question that you feel that client may be ready for. Uh, you know, what I'm going to be doing within my clinic and agency is running, you know, that same kind of platform that I do in Adelphi and other colleges in the tri-state area, which is running, you know, mindfulness classes and, um, you know, kind of having a mindfulness-based stress reduction group over there. But, um, you know, I kind of do it from the ground up, you know, over there. It's more uh, it's more from the ground up, my work there. Um, but, uh, you know, if someone's kind of spiritual, I work with that. And, you know, you kind of meet your clients where they are and, um, mm-hmm. you know, if, if they're ready to talk about that stuff, you know, it's about them and you allow them to take control of the car and um, stuff like that. But uh, I don't uh, kind of uh, put put this stuff out there at all. I, I usually just meet people where they're at, uh, you know, as a right. social worker. You know. Okay. Well, that's uh, the difference between the two of us. I don't have to stick to any guidelines. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. And, and And one day my dream is to yeah. do my own thing. But, you know, for now it's purposeful. It's you know, this really allows me to understand people from the ground up. And, uh, you know, a lot of people kind of tune into spiritual activity and they think, oh, I'm opening up, I'm a medium. And that may be true, but a lot of it is also, you know, you know psychotic, you know, type stuff or things that you're just kind of listening to in the daytime. So, you know, understanding the right. mental health, distinguish between uh, spiritually opening up, you know, has, has I've seen that before too. So it really allows you to understand people from the, you know, social, you uh, economic, psychological, emotional kind of perspective. Um, so the first steps, you know, kind of. Now, you've had out-of-body experiences as well. Can you elaborate on those? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, people ask me, well, you had an NDE. You know, what, what did that mean to you? Well, you know, I was, you know, and if it's okay with I share this, I was kind of like your student, uh, well, your, you know, your, your, your prize student, uh, Teresa Caputo, as a young kid where, uh, you know, my brain shut down and I had a light within my brain that was tuned to the other side. So as a young kid, I was able to go into the tunnel on a daily basis. And uh, one day I tried to go in and I had two armed guards on the other side block me from entering the the, uh, the the entry point. And I kind of understood the message that I'm here to really be, uh, you know, to have like an earthly life and to be a human being and being an infused being. And yes, having all these spiritual understandings, but uh, that, you know, that will always be there. You know, you kind of have to go from almost that not knowing place to really evolve and grow in a way uh, while also using some of the light, you know, from, you know, spiritual uh, experiences and understanding, you know, you know, in your life. Uh, but my, my brain was definitely shifted. I was tuning into the animal spiritual uh, realm, you know, kind of like shamanistic a little bit and, uh, mm-hmm. I would know when things would happen to a nanosecond as a young kid. I was able to see a lot of my deceased relatives, so I was very right brain oriented from a lot of the brain trauma that I experienced. And you look at any of the big psychic mediums, you look at someone like a George Anderson or, you know, two hosts of you, Grace, Grace Grell, a couple, you know, months ago, a lot of them have one thing in common is that they've had near-death experiences. I don't, uh, you know, market myself as a psychic medium, but, you know, I've definitely had a lot of, 
um, premonitions and uh, spirit, you know, opening up kind of situations. But uh, I try to be as regular as regular can be. <laughs> but um, you know, when it comes, it comes. Whatever that means. Um, you know, not that's, that that's, that's hard to do when you're you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Listen, we have a couple of callers here. I'd like to just kind of bounce around and see uh, sure. who's out there, if they have any questions or if they've had experiences. So if you don't mind, Absolutely. I'm going to yeah. tune in to a, a few. We'll hop around a little bit. Uh, I have, uh, I'm going to bring in caller 732-671. Hello. Hello. I'm not getting. Oh, let's see. Where is it? Did I miss it? Oh, there it is. Hold on. Can you hear me? Hello? Not a good connection? Okay. We're going to try a different one. Mm. I don't know where this one went. 718-366. Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? Yes, I do. Hi there. Who's calling? Yes, this is Reverend Joseph. Joseph? Hey, Joseph. Hey, Jake. Wonderful story. You're doing wonderful. I told you I'd be there in spirit with you and thought right behind you. I know your story. You and I have talked many times online, but I never heard the whole depth of the story. It's so fascinating and so beautiful, my brother. You're on the right path, and I commend your spirit. I salute your divinity, and just keep up the good work. And I can't wait till the book comes out. I have to read the book. But I, oh. I bear with you, brother. Thank you, Joseph. Thank you. You did a Thank wonderful you. job. You you explained it so wonderfully. I, I'm so impressed, and I'm so oh, happy for you. Thank and, you. And hear you on the radio. And this is the first time I've spoke to you, Pat. And I know so much about you from Jacob and through the years of following Teresa Computer's work. And I also want to salute your divinity. Thank you Thank so you, Joseph. much, Joseph. I appreciate you calling in, and Thank you. Uh, you know you, you you seem like you're right on on the page with uh, Jacob. So. Stick with it. I certainly will. Keep supporting him. <laughs> Everywhere he goes, he he needs all all everybody behind him to get all this information pushed forward. Oh yeah, he's a brother. So thank you again. And a spiritual soul, and so I'm definitely there for him. I'm like a big brother. <laughs> okay. You know, he's never met physically in the physical. We talk online for a couple of years now, but I always try to give him good sound advice. Thank you, thank Excellent. you, Joseph. You're welcome. I appreciate it. Thank you An for honor. calling thank in, you. Joseph. You're welcome. Keep, keep tuning in, okay? I will continue Thank you. to listen. Okay, and then we have 406-381. Hello, Hi, can Pat. you hear me? I can. Hi there, you're Hi, on Pat. the air. Who, who this, is it? This is, this is Judy Cohen from Montana. Oh, hi, Judy. Mm. How are you? I'm doing <laughs> what well. What can we do for I'm you just, today? I'm just tickled. I have a question that I, well, well two, two things. You're not doing your blog anymore Friday mornings? I have not had the opportunity. Uh, yeah, no, I moved. Okay. I moved, and I haven't been able to get back to that. But it's going to be picking up again. <laughs> Don't okay, give cool. up on me. <laughs> well, absolutely not. I just wanted to make sure. Um, one of the no, I, I, just, I... I haven't had a, a minute of time to <laughs> even get to it. And everybody's asking me, so I know I'm being forced to get back there, so. I will no, do I it, Judy, not to worry. Don't feel it that way. I have a question that I think both of you would would just hopefully be able to answer. I totally understand and have always felt for a long time in reincarnation. To me, 
um, we we live and we die, and we live and we die, and we learn the lessons along the way. And when we have learned enough lessons and are filled with enough light, you know, then you get to move on. But what I don't understand about our loved ones that come back in a reading, which I've had um, with, with with your beloved friend, Sandy, and how, what I don't understand is if my mother comes back to visit with me, but she lived another lifetime, do they, do they, does the spirit world have a hundred families? Do you understand what I'm getting uh, at? I think I see where you're going. Um, Jake, do you follow what she's talking about? Well, I mean, are you talking about uh, someone that you lived in a lifetime? They may go to another soul family or change groups, soul groups. Is that kind of I'm just trying to understand that. Is that kind no, of it? I, I'm having a hard time explaining myself. but if, You're if, doing great. If, 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 our love, if our loved ones come back to visit with us, and my mom is my mom, but she also has reincarnated from uh, another lifetime. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Is there another family there and then connected to, and you know, now you get what I'm trying to get at? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I understand. Um, well, okay. From what I feel is souls will come back to you as you know them. Um, you know, time doesn't exist um, on the other side. And, you know, you could be in a million different places at once. Once you're there, you're not limited to one a particular place, and I firmly believe the soul could be in many different, you know, kind of places. And I, you know, you and your mother, you know, have that kind of connection that you had, and that's how you kind of will know her on this earth plane. And when you, you know, cross over, it may be there, but it's usually what you kind of knew her as, you know, most recently. That's kind of the dynamic. And then once you cross over, you see her for a lot more than that, you know, I feel, and uh, it's a lot more expanded. It's You just see her as her soul, which is accumulation of so many of these different roles and geographical locations and families. And, you know, you just see her for her. And it's not a product of, you know, the life she's lived or who she is. It's, it's just, you know, the aspect of the divinity that always was and always will be. That's my understanding. Oh. Also, Judy, um, mm-hmm. we travel in soul groups, okay? So lifetime after lifetime after lifetime, we mix and match with people that we already know, people that are in your life now, or let's just say mm-hmm. five are in one life, 20 are in another, one is in another. This We're always moving back and forth with each other. So a lot of the same people are recycling together. And I feel that I call it soul splitting is what I call it. When someone crosses, and I've had this question before, people say, well, how can my mother come through to me if she's in another lifetime? And I put it out to my class once, and I asked them, well, what do you think about that? And they all wrote papers on it, and uh, uh, the soul splitting name came up. It's almost as if they can be, as Jake said, they can be in many, many different places at one time. So um, they'll always be there when you get there. You're always going to recognize them. Uh, but we we have many parts of ourselves that we're, we're, we're limitless. Uh, so we kind of can get around in, in many places. So if you're worried about okay. not seeing the people when you get there, don't, because they'll be there. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I have no worries. 
um, it just, you know, the, the, the concept in, intrigues me. Um, mm. and, and you both, you just were the perfect people to ask that question to. And um, I appreciate your answers and look forward to more shows and Friday morning blog when you get back to it. And I'm glad you found, <laughs> guilt, glad guilt, you found guilt. a new home. <laughs> how, how did you find a new home? I'm so happy for you. Thank you. you. As soon as I get fully settled, you will, you will get me back. Okay, well, I've had a lot going on. I've got a new baby coming any day, uh, a new grandchild. All right. uh, I'm actually keeping my eye on my cell phone. That's how close it could be. So cool. I, uh, I have a lot, a lot going on. And once I can settle my brain, I'll be back to uh, doing my blogs. Right. Okay. Well, thank you and for I love calling it. in. Appreciate it very much. See you later. Mm. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You're welcome. Mm. Bye. Bye. You gotta love that. Okay. Yeah, that was an interesting question, definitely. Like and yeah. you know, people do ask me that. They ask me that a lot. They've asked me that for a long time, and it is hard to, it's hard to understand how we could be there and be here, and you know, mm-hmm. they don't understand the the fact that um, there is no time, and and that mm-hmm. we can be in so many different places, and and again that we travel together, and it's 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 hard to take in. Yeah. You know, you have. And to I know you have a lot of listen. callers. I I have a, you know, story to tell. You know, down the road, hopefully in the show within two to three minutes, that just still gives me chills to this day on the topic of soul families within this lifetime. It was just fascinating. But I know we have a you couple callers. You can tell but, it right now. No, go, sure. Go yeah. right ahead. I uh, <laughs> this is I your about, show. My my mentor and my aunt, you know, she would always give me reading assignments to read all these, you know, books on astrology and self-help, and she was really my spiritual mentor as a young guy. And, you know, she passed away a couple of years ago. And, you know, as she was, you know, passing away, she said to me, have you ever looked at a, pa- a family picture? I go, yeah, of course. I, I look at, you know, whatever. I look at them all the time. She goes, no, 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 Jake. Have you ever looked at a family picture? I go, yeah, yeah, what do you mean? She goes, and, and, and this is tit for tat what she said, uh, brilliant Virgo she was. She goes, you know, when you look at a family picture, you know, the faces may look different, okay, but if you look at the eyes, there's a familiar energy that goes within every single individual in that family. I go, okay, cool. Um, a year later, I was having a reading, and this woman goes, I'm connecting to your aunt, uh, Seal. And she goes, she keeps on telling me the word picture, picture, picture. What does that mean? I go, oh, Lord. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, uh, that, I, I, I'm not make you can't make this stuff up, as, uh, you know, Teresa says, it's, it's it's true. You know, family, there's there's a part of every individual. You can look at their eyes, and you can see that there's an ancient part that connects everyone that's not limited to this lifetime. It's uh, very ancient, and it goes way back. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people kind of think that, you know, oh, I was Cleopatra, I was Caesar, I was this, I was that. Most of us kind of had a shovel in our hands, and we lived our everyday lives, and we did our own thing. And mm-hmm. uh, some of us reached great heights, but uh, every lifetime, you know, has its own purpose and its own meaning. So whatever it is, we're 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 all a wolf pack, and uh, our soul family is very much, you know, where, where we gravitate to and where we go to. It's a very team-based effort, uh, you know, this life. I I agree. We're here to learn many, many, many lessons, and we have to do that by coming back and back and back until we achieve, um, you know, forgiveness, uh, mm-hmm. until we achieve love of self and others and uh, lack of judgment. You know, we have a lot to learn. And, you know, we're we're a very stubborn people on this planet, and mm-hmm. 
you know, we, we if everybody could become more spiritual and learn to hear the inner voice inside them and let it lead them uh, to help their intuition uh, mm. take them to the right places in their life in the right direction, and you know, we'd, we'd be in a much better place. But um, we're working on it. I mean, look, light workers like yourself, myself, and so many millions of others that are out there uh, all over this planet trying to help people open up to that light and open up to their spiritual selves. Yeah. So God willing, we're, we're going to be here to see it. Certainly, uh, you're a lot younger than I am. <laughs> oh. I'd like to be around to see a lot of really good change come uh, in the near future. Absolutely. Uh, okay, Let, let's see. Let's Let's get into... We'll have another caller. I have a seven three two six eight seven, and you are on the air. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes. Hi. This is Tammy from New Jersey. How are you? Hi, okay. Tammy from New Jersey. <laughs> what can we do for you? Well, um, this is a wonderful show tonight. Thank you so much, Jacob. I was really moved by your story. Um, I was curious, when you had that experience and you had your family members and your spirit guides around you, have you found a way to maintain contact and actually have interaction and pose questions and get answers and, and feel them around you? Oh, yeah. You know, terrific question, Tammy, and uh, I'm so glad that my story touched you. But, you know, I, I always say it's not my story, it's our story. I don't believe in the art of possessiveness. You know, it's it belongs to all of us, but thank you so much. Uh, anywho, um, uh, you know, you know, from studying meditation, I really understand, you know, we have four major brainwave states, and once you're, you know, out of the first and second and getting more of the, you know, the deeper brainwave states, for me, that's when... You know, I really am able to open up. Um, I've, you know, really tuned into, you know, many times family members coming in and, you know, spiritual guides, but they come in in different kind of forms. But it doesn't matter because they're still there. Um, it's like, you know, people, you know, as, you know, taking some shamanistic classes and people say, oh, I experienced, uh, you know, the spirit realm in a different way. Is it real? Is it authentic? Well, we have five clairs, a couple clairs, and. Um, you know, everyone has different kind of strengths. So if you're connecting, you're connecting. Why does it matter? But uh, to answer your question, yes, of course. Just, you know, not as clear, obviously, because, you know, I have my brain. And, you know, that, you know, when I mm-hmm. when I had my NDE, my brain shut down, and I was forced to enter the spiritual world in my, you know, my soul, and I was unlimited. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, it's always inspiring, uh, you know, to have that. And I recognize that death is nothing to fear, but rather something that, I'm looking forward to, but also preparing for, you know, because when you cross over, it's like you take your soul with you. And, you know, people ask mm-hmm. me, what are the geological contours of the other side? I go, what are the geological contours of yourself? <laughs> you know, because, you know, <laughs> you, you, you know, it's like you could be that guy in, in a very ritzy community and have a great house, but it could be a glass house. You know, if, if you don't enjoy who you are, your family, if it's not real, if it's not authentic, it's not going to be real. You know, so on mm-hmm. the other side, it's, you know, if you live like a rich life and you've impacted those around you, then no, you're, you know, someone who's made a difference and uh, you elevate mm-hmm. yourself and you're going to enjoy being with your being with yourself and being unlimited there. But if, you know, if you had some stuff happening, then you carry that over. Sure, you grow and you learn and this and this and that and that. But, you know, people kind of... Uh, you know, come back out of boredom like I do, <laughs> or, you know, mm-hmm. lessons to learn in evolution. 
um, you know, but everyone has their own intent to come in. So I always say your own heaven is, you know, very much in a way how your life looks, you know, magnified um, without limits on the other side. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. So much of what you said resonated about your story and about even just the answers um, to the questions that you're giving. Um, I feel like I've been opening up more and more spiritually. I had a very big experience last year, and it's opening up me up more and more. But I want to learn how to tap in. Some of those days you feel so much more connected, and mm-hmm. other days you're so caught up in the world and the difficulties of you know life. And it's nice to get back to that other place of really being connected to the yeah. bigness of the spirit. Yeah. Meditation is the ultimate oh, yeah. spiritual muscle Meditation. to exhaust. Yeah, that's the name. Yep. That's, that's it. Nothing Put else. those words right that. out of my mouth. <laughs> Very good. Thank you, Thank Tammy, you. for calling in. Thank you so you. much. See Thank you, you soon. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Okay, we have time for one more. Uh, and then I, you know, I, I want to give out some of your credentials here. Uh, so let's see, 347-368. Hello, you're on the yes. air. Hi, hi, Tom. How are you? My name Good. is Antoinette. I, Antoinette. Antoinette. My name. Okay. Yes. How are you, Pat? Good, thank you. What can we do for you tonight? Uh, okay. I just got, you know, into this now, like five minutes ago, and I'm in shock that I got through. I got through you. Uh, I came to see you one time uh, in Long Island, and I was very pleased with you. My question is now, I had uh, some medical issues last summer. I -hmm. had cancer on my lungs. And uh, fortunately, it it was stage 1B. I had surgery, and then I had some chemo. And now I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I'm going for a cascade in September. Hopefully, everything will be okay. Um, okay. I'm asking you, what can I do? What kind of prayers can I say? You know, who could I call for help? Something spiritual, because I do believe in that. Well, what I'd like you to do is email yes. me, okay? Um, okay. It's, uh, do you have a pen? I, yes, I do. Okay, it's Pat Longo, P A T L O N G O, eleven eleven at gmail dot com. At, at gmail dot com. Okay, so com. you email me, and I'll remember, mm-hmm. and I will send you some um, paperwork to help you learn to use healing on yourself. Okay. And it'll teach you who to call in and what to do and how to get that energy through your body. Um, okay. You have the ability to heal, okay? You do have the ability to heal yourself. You just have to know how. And in the meantime, I will certainly be sending you healing and prayer uh, to keep you well. Thank you so much, Pat. Okay. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you, you so much quite for welcome. all you do for, for everybody. I, I can't believe I'm still in shock that I got through you. <laughs> well, I just looked down and said, "Okay, she just came on. Let me let me pop into her." So, that's the way oh it works. It's supposed to be that way. Mm. Okay, Thank so you, you email so me so I can get you that stuff off. Okay, I will. Thank so you, it's Internet. One one, uh, Pat. Uh, let me double check. One 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 one. Okay, at gmail. Four one. Com. At, that's okay. it. You got okay. it. Okay. 
Thank okay. you. Thank you Thank so much. You. Thank you, Pat. Thank You're you. welcome. Bye-bye. Good night. Bye-bye. Good night. Okay. So now uh, it's time, obviously, to wrap it up. I wish we had uh, a lot of time. I always leave a little extra, but uh, with a baby on the way, I'm a little antsy right. myself. Uh, waiting sure. to hear what's going on. So um, I, I just want to announce your, your, your website. It is on the site, uh, but it's www.jacobstory.com. Uh, Jacob has a blog, and that's uh, jacobstoryblog.wordpress.com. His email is taurushealer at gmail.com. And his Facebook page, and, well, you can find him on Facebook, www.facebook.com slash Jacob Cooper. Uh, so I'm sure you will find him easily enough. I have his picture up if anybody wants to uh, look a little further into Jake and Jacob's story and all the things that he does. Uh, there are su- such varied uh directions that he is in which is amazing again for your young age that's why i wanted to say it on the air uh, you. you've done so Thank much you. in such a small time uh, and uh i know you have a long way to go and a lot more to do and uh you know i feel that way it you know i'm going to be 68 and i feel like i've got a, another good 20 25 years to keep going in this so think of all <laughs> the time you have <laughs> yeah, and all you can part. do and all you can change and all the people you can help uh it's absolutely amazing and so the party I never thank begins you. the party never ends <laughs> yep that's right and and you know what the learning never ends that's right that's the most important thing when we get back to the other side we don't stop learning it's never over we've got no. to keep going we've got a lot to that's learn it. and a lot to do and more lifetimes to live. That's and, it. And uh, God willing, God willing, people got some help from what you put out there, and will continue to do so. Uh, so I want to thank you so much uh, for being my guest tonight, and uh, you know we'll have to do it again sometime. Okay. Thank you so much, Pat, and uh, I know we'll cross paths soon. It's 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 an honor to be on your show. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you are quite welcome. And I'm just going to shout out to everybody to keep uh, tuning in on Thursday evening. Um, I am the second Thursday of every month. Uh, then we have Anthony Maraca, who is a medium, Melissa Kubius, also a medium, and Stacy McKenna, life coach. Uh, they are on the other weeks. And any show can be, uh, they're all archived and they can all be reached. And, and you can follow um, by going onto the site and hitting the follow button to see who's going to be on different episodes on different shows. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. And thank you again, Jake. And we'll talk soon. Okay. Thank you. Good night. <laughs>